This is the third and special season of The Last Seminary. As always, I'm James. Let's get to it. In this third season, we're doing something a little bit different. We're taking a break from interviewing people and talking about different topics of ministry from different experts in different fields what we're going to do is to see if we can guide you as a pastor if we can guide you through this transition time a lot of pastors take this time off this time during the year it's kind of after christmas after advent a long kind of race that you've had to run and now it's time to have some downtime and maybe even if you're up for it think about and reflect upon this past year and how it is you want to shape this coming 2021 year. We are, Pastoria is, a founding member of the hashtag OwnYourShift campaign. It's the national campaign to activate 750,000 faith-based innovators, change makers, entrepreneurs, and creatives over the next decade. Just to put it into real people's terms, we're trying to help People who are trying to make a difference uh, not shy away from the quote-unquote dangerous ideas that they have. Things that are a little bit more risky, that are a little bit more outside of the box. And to encourage them to pursue that, feel that they are not alone. And to experience some guidance into making those things happen. We're recording this on December 31st, 2020. I think it's the 31st. Whatever is the last day of the year for 2020, that's when we're recording this. And if you've been following with us for the past few or two episodes in this quote-unquote kind of podcast retreat or audio retreat, we've come to a point where we have to find a way to break the cycle of affirmation that we have about ourselves where we like what we like we are what we like and so we affirm what we are and this cycle kind of serves itself and the best way i think the best christ-centered way uh if i may say so to break this cycle is to ask ourselves a very very simple question that you know, if I may say so myself, comes from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself, which is this. Hey, um, you're a ministry leader. Uh, do you have on your bookshelf or in your ebook library or in the past, I don't know, 50 to 100 websites that you have visited, uh, how many are books or written material from carpenters, from a carpenter. You know, when you look at your bookshelf that's behind you when you're on Zoom or uh, some, you know, Microsoft Teams or something like that, or FaceTime, how many of those are books from carpenters, from a carpenter? How many of the things that you have learned in the past, I don't know, you know, 100 days are things that are being taught by a carpenter? Because ministry leader of the church universal i'm not sure if you know this you jesus was a carpenter when someone was approached by jesus uh probably early on in his ministry and not maybe later on but early on or if someone 
uh, to whom Jesus was a stranger uh, would, uh, and Jesus would approach, what they see is a carpenter. They don't see this kind of Messiah as we've seen him in the paintings that we've had in the decades and centuries since then. What they see is this like plain old, not plain, like as an old, uh, you know, old um, aged, but this just another carpenter. And this person's come in and asking all these questions, all these kind of confusing questions, or sometimes every once in a while he seems to know everything about your life. Or every once in a while, hey, what's wrong? Why do you have that Band-Aid on right there? I know that you put Neosporin on and you put that Band-Aid on, but guess what? Go wash yourself in the, you know, Lake Minnetonka or whatever, and you're going to be all right. That's what he seems to be doing. Just a regular carpenter. And here's the thing about us ministry leaders today in the year 2020, moving on into year 2021. If you're in your downtime and if you're in some kind of vacation time, which I hope you are, I hope that you get to uh, uh, get to a point of asking yourself, from whom have I been learning? From whom have I been learning? Because chances are, if the publishing industry has done its job, it has done a very, very good job of whittling out those who are of the kind of carpentry or carpenter class, construction workers or those who kind of come to your place to remodel or when something in your house or apartment or condo breaks, they come and fix it for some kind of a contract type of a fee and then go. And it may not be the very uh, exact same parallel to Jesus' times, but the fact of the matter re- remains that if if the publishing industry or the knowledge industry and academia has done its job, it has filtered those people's voices and knowledge and wisdom, and for that matter, authority out. And they have done a very, very good job of of coming up with a formula for who is go- what kind of writer and what kind of writing is going to sell the most number of books, the most books, so that they can kind of keep the machine going. If the church has done its job, it has done a great job of ordaining people after a certain education level or above, if you want to even call it that, a certain kind of educational attainment. And what that means oftentimes in the United States of America, if not everywhere else, is people who have been able to somehow come up with the money, spend the money, or borrow the money in order to get to this kind of place. And not only that, they've, their English is at a certain point, their writing is at a certain point where they're able to pass all of the tests. Not only the tests that are in the, the classes themselves, but even before getting to those classes, just even applying and getting to a place where this applicant is palatable to the sensibilities of 21st, 22nd, whatever you want to call it, century American academia. And what that does is then it kind of produces this track uh, all the way from wherever you might be. And if you've been uh, fortunate enough to be kind of immersed in the academic or the middle class or the educated and oftentimes, might I say, uh, suburban class 
and 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 with a great amount of anglocentricity you've been able to make it into seminary or you've been able to make it to a place where you're able to have these kinds of sources of learning where you learn from a certain group of people and then you get kind of put into places of ministry where it's your time to try and use that now and to kind of propagate that now to whomever it is that you have been sent to wherever it is that you have been called and a lot of times we do not learn from people uh, that would have been kind of in an equivalent or parallel class or educational attainment level or uh, socioeconomic status or uh, ethnic or, 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 or even for that matter uh, what status of citizenship or immigration uh, to the quote-unquote empire, which is what it was uh, in Jesus' time, if you might remember, uh, the Roman Empire. And you can pretty much strike the same parallel today. Uh, we don't hear from them. <clears throat> and that in and of itself is likely, uh, if we were to do kind of an honest socioeconomic, I mean, a social... Uh, analysis, we'd come to the uh, a point where we can say this is pretty much a social injustice that the church, uh, academia, and just American society in general, with this with its capitalist economy and uh, Anglo-centric culture and so on and so forth, has just been perpetuating forever. Now, we're not talking about necessarily we're not going to go into how we're going to reverse that how we're going to resist that how we're going to revolutionize that that'll come afterwards what i think during this downtime for us ministry leaders it's important to consider and we will kind of only uh, dip our toes into it today and hopefully it'll give us enough time to just reflect on our own time and at our own pace is this uh we kind of internalize that structure and that tracking what we say is that, uh, in effect, in our own mind and in our own heart, we have created a hierarchy for the kinds of ideas that we will hold in ourselves as legitimate. We will say that we will keep on learning for, from these kinds of pastors, from these kinds of experts, and it will go to the top of the pyramid in our own mind. But if we really asked ourselves what kind of ministry are we thinking that we are doing and when we keep on saying that we are trying to lead a ministry for all people, then why is it that we have a ministry for all people that is putting out ideas only from some people? Then we will get to a place where uh, I think Jesus would have been when he began to start his ministry, especially as a teenager, when people are asking, isn't that that kid from that one neighborhood where no one or nothing good comes from and so on and so forth. But what we have done is pretty much set up that kind of hierarchy in ourselves. And what that does is that we strive and we filter out. We strive for a certain place. We try and set up a certain kind of paradigm in, in, in our mind and in our heart that, quite frankly, is very comforting to us. And keeping out those that are inconvenient and discomforting. 
And can anyone blame us busy people for, for doing that? Uh, for the most part, no. You know? I mean, who is there to judge if we have this many number of children and this many number of mouths to feed and only this amount of time for us to uh, have to ourselves and have some self-reflection? And yet we have a... a, a, a an even greater number of tasks to complete and a greater amount of pressure that we feel from our workplace, wherever that may be. And where we really need to get to is a place, comfort or discomfort or not, it just needs to work. And so we're going to make it work. Can we really blame people for, for getting to that kind of uh, place and having that kind of hierarchy in, in, their own, in our own minds? No, we can't. We can't do that. However, however, we do need to be honest about who we are, where we're going, and honestly, how much who we are and where we're going is affected and shaped and influenced by a certain segment of the ideas population. And I don't know about you, but when I was, I don't know, just even 10 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, looking back now, there are a bunch of ideas that I had that uh, today would kind of fall to the bottom of my own hierarchy, to the bottom of my own pyramid. And as good of a reason or as good of a paradigm as I have today to explain why that has taken place, I at the same time ask myself, well, how much have I done that to make myself feel better about myself? And how much is the world at a disadvantage, at a loss because of that? And how much of my own calling, which itself has evolved since I began to understand this thing called a calling, has been limited and boxed up to something that is acceptable and palatable to the powers that be or the social pressures that I might feel in our current cultural milieu. If you're in your downtime, if you're in your vacation time, if you have some quiet time, and if you have some alone time, I hope and Pastoria's hope is that you will take some time to ask yourself what are the ideas that you have that have been too radical, too dangerous, too difficult, too outside of the boundaries for you to have entertained seriously. And to ask yourself in 2021 what you will do about that and the fact that so many of your sources of learning come not from the carpenter group of people that Jesus was a part of, but likely a lot of the kind of people that seem to challenge Jesus and wonder about how someone like Jesus could be who he was. Well, looks like this brings us to the end of this episode. 
Remember to keep following us or follow us or tell someone about us. We're on Instagram and Facebook at pastoria.co. You can always contact me, james at pastoria.co, especially if you're someone that needs a little bit of prayer or would just like some time to talk. And I uh, always want to thank um, two people, if you want to call it that in particular. One is uh, my co-founder, God. Thank you, God, for co-founding Pastoria with me. And secondly, of course, is Jane, the special person in my life. Thank you, Jane. Without you, this would not be possible either. I'll see you next time for the next episode in The Last Seminary. <laughs>